0: Is housing a human right?
1: Un toit est-il un droit?
0: Beginning February 5th at 5 p.m., tune in for Canada's first homelessness marathon.
1: Branchez-vous pour le premier marathon des exclus du logement. Une diffusion de 14 heures de réflexion au niveau national tout au long
0: Broadcasting a 14-hour nationwide reflection. Featuring live radio all night long to be aired on community radio stations across the country.
1: Le tout débutant le 5 février 2003 à 17h, heure de l'Est. For more information, visit our website www.ckut.ca.
0: Visit www.ckut.ca for more information. Hello, you're on the Homelessness Marathon. Can you identify yourself, please?
1: Yeah, I'm Michel Prescott. I'm the uh, member of the Executive Committee of the City of Montreal, responsible for housing.
0: And Michelle
2: Prescott, I'd like to introduce you to Andy Edwards, the squatter here in Montreal, co-hosting our first-ever National Homelessness Marathon. Good evening, Mr. Prescott. Good evening. Okay. Uh, we're just talking about the uh, homeless situation here in Montreal, and uh, I'd like to know what your comment is on, on this situation.
1: Well, there is indeed a homeless, and the problem is, is real, but I just want to... Um Give you some information about the, what the, the, the new administration in Montreal does about uh, about that problems. We are um, maybe you didn't know that because I've been told that you are somehow challenging Mayor D'Harmlay to uh, come and talk to you about uh, the uh, housing situation in Montreal. Anyway, since we are there, uh, we managed to have uh, an agreement with the Quebec government uh, so that we will uh, triple the uh, pace of uh, uh, construction of new uh, social and community housing in Montreal compared to what's what's going on for the last, uh, at least seven years, I would say. And um, uh, it won't resolve all the problems, but it's certainly an effort that... Uh, Probably have uh, little or no comparison anywhere else in in Canada.
2: a uh, next quarter from Prefontaine when we uh, uh, were evicted on October the third of uh, two thousand and one, uh, the police and the fire department were uh, uh, blaming each other for the evictions because when it came down to uh, to the court case, uh, we asked who was the ones that gave uh, gave the order of who who want to evict us and uh the policemen were saying it was the firemen that gave the order the firemen were saying it was the police officers and uh it was a big court battle for that we don't know exactly what's going on we're still in court over this situation and uh you know it was uh, a nasty event that uh truly happened uh on the 3rd of october 2001 here in montreal you know people were, uh, were uh abused by the police officers some got shot with the uh, electric uh, electric taser guns and uh, women were thrown out on the street half-dressed uh, it was a really nasty event but uh thanks a lot sarah
0: you're welcome thanks for having me
2: um, sarah do you yeah? think it's possible you can talk about the squat that happened this summer uh, just to let the people know a little bit of uh, exactly what went on in toronto uh yeah yeah.
0: Um, we took over a, a building that we called the Pope's Club. What we did was, um, in July, the Pope came to town, and we used that as an opportunity and as a bit of a buffer against the cops who are all too happy to um, a smash heads in whenever possible. So we took over a building uh, down in uh, Parkdale neighborhood, which is where I live, which is a working-class, uh, poor neighborhood, lots of homeless people. We took it over and we were able to hold it for three months. And that was in spite of a huge amount of pressure uh, from the cops and from the city and various levels of government who desperately wanted us out of that building and were not able to get us out. Um, so during that time, that building housed close to 40 people. And people uh, did renovations. We did a lot of renovations. We held a lot of events. We used it as a... Um, political gathering point for other actions and uh, gave people a lot of hope and inspiration and kind of as a side story. Although what they ended up doing, which is similar to Montreal, when they did end up getting us out of the building, which was on the 1st of November, which was the first snowfall in Toronto of the year, and they pushed people out of the building, what they did was use uh, fire code violations as their excuse. So uh, politically, they didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to admit that the province actually owned the building because the landlord had uh, taken off a long time ago. So they refused to admit that. They wouldn't have an owner come forward and claim responsibility. So instead, they relied on fire code violations, which I understand is what they relied on in Montreal. So they did kick us out, but we were able to hold on to that building for three months in spite of a lot of pressure. And then just like... To mention as a side story too uh, one of the guys who had been homeless a guy named bernie who lived at the squat and made a really big contribution is unfortunately he's back on the streets again but a couple of weeks ago he took his own action which was uh, toronto's gone through a big cold spell or like the cold us. this uh been minus 15 minus 20 a lot of people out on the streets and the hostel that he was staying in Closes at 7:30 in the morning. They kick everybody out until the evening every day. And so one morning, Bernie organized a whole bunch of people, and they just said, "We're not leaving. to have to physically throw us out of here. It's too cold. We don't have anywhere to go. We're not leaving." And because of the action that they took, they forced the hostel to extend their hours, so they're open now all day. They're only closed for a couple hours for cleaning. So uh, that the Pope squat. Uh, outside of giving people housing for three months and uh, being an organizing base for us and giving people hope. Uh, in the case of Bernie, it's given an individual who's been on the streets for a long time enough hope and inspiration to carry on his own struggles at of Ocap and carry on that fight and not take the shit anymore.
2: Have I seen a lot of differences in, in, in and around the my area of where I live, uh, not really. We've made a history of, uh, you know, of opening up the first squat in Montreal. And uh, what has happened is uh, during the last 15 months, uh, we're seeing more and more peoples uh, out on the street and uh, more and more people squatting buildings. But uh, there's no excuse why there should be uh, homelessness, and there's no excuse why people should be going hun- hungry in the city of Montreal. And uh, I'm here to... Uh, to make it known that uh, all peoples, especially the street peoples and the homeless peoples have a right to uh, mass media and do have a right to say whatever they feel is right to get themselves into uh, better living conditions and uh, have the access to uh, Medicare, not just at a a low level, but at a a top standard of uh, our society's way of uh, giving these services. And uh, street people are treated like uh, scum of the earth. They're treated uh, not as being human. You know, uh, people look after animals better than they look after the street people. and this isn't right. And therefore, this is why we're putting on this marathon is to make uh, an, an awareness and educate the people of Montreal and across our country because it's not only in Montreal; it's everywhere. We had the 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 Pope Squad in uh, Toronto this summer, the past summer. We've had uh, uh, a lot of good things. Ottawa, we had a, a squad open up in Ottawa this past summer also to make it known to all peoples across Canada that uh, this is a very serious uh, uh, crisis we have on our hands. And, uh, you know, if you can't get these people into homes and into the right uh, facilities that they need, I'm sorry, this, it's bad. I think that squatters are good because it's helped people that don't understand what is squatters and what is to squat buildings and squat the old house that doesn't belong to nobody or belongs to the city of Montreal. And it's also poor that we see all kinds of people like on the street and sleeping all over the place. Cause they don't have no house or they don't have no money to like have a house actually and like today if you like walk on the street you're gonna see it's only condos there's no more house to like i uh, live in that's not a lot
3: Many local jurisdictions,
4: as as homelessness has increased throughout the United States, have begun to criminalize homelessness. What that means is they have passed laws in in cities all over the country uh, that make it illegal, for example, to be outside, uh, to sleep outside. Those are called anti-camping ordinances. Um, In most cities, you can be arrested, cited, and fined for sleeping outside, even when there is no shelter available. Other cities have gone even further in passing ordinances that make it illegal to sit, for example, on a sidewalk um, or to even take a nap at a park on a nice, uh, warm, sunny day. Um, Some cities have made it um, illegal for you to go into certain neighborhoods, if you can believe it or not, if you've been arrested but not yet convicted for the possession of drugs. Um, So we've seen a lot of local communities adopt laws like this, even when when the resources are so limited to put people into housing, to give them the needed health care, mental health care, alcohol and drug addiction treatment that they might need as well.
5: Stay tuned to this community radio station for the Homelessness Marathon. Radio reflecting on ending homelessness tomorrow. This winter, CKUT and the Groupe Communautaire L'Itinéraire will host Canada's first ever homelessness marathon. Tune in for 14 hours of consciousness-raising radio broadcasting live from the streets of Montreal but dealing with issues from coast to coast beginning February 5th at 5 p.m., broadcasting all night long until sunrise at 7 a.m. on February 6th. This necessary broadcast will include panel discussions, an open microphone on the street, short pre-produced pieces, and live callings all night long via a nationwide toll-free number. Visit www.ckut.ca for more information or call your local community radio station for details.
6: The Toronto um, Disaster Relief Committee says that homelessness in this country should be treated as a national disaster, that it should be treated with as much seriousness and attention and with as much due speed as uh, the disaster efforts after the ice storm. Uh, how do you feel about calling homelessness a disaster in in Montreal? Uh,
1: well, the disaster is, uh, you know, to be homeless is, 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 is very difficult and there is many homeless uh, people in Montreal. But I would say that in Montreal, if you compare it to Toronto, and I I know a little about the uh, situation in Toronto. I've been there a bit. I've seen some image of people sleeping on on the street uh, with their uh, uh, sleeping bag. Uh, We we still have in Montreal enough place to, uh, well, we have mostly enough place to uh, receive the people and to be sure that they have one place uh, to sleep. I mean, inside... uh, bed you know, uh, in the building, uh, I should say that I should add that uh, this summer uh, we uh, we had to create uh, new spaces for homeless people because the uh, the uh, pe- places like uh, Elbowry Mission or I could not afford to uh, to receive the uh, the amount of people that need to sleep inside because of the cold. But um, we we did something about it. We have uh, we have open a uh, few hundreds of beds so that people could um, at least sleep inside. But that 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 does not uh, solve the problem in the sense that still
7: those people do not have uh, a home. You know. Hi, uh, my name is Pierre. I'm calling from Montreal. You know, uh, make about maybe twenty twenty thousand a year. You know, it's not a lot, but you know, every time. Sp- buy some stuff and you have a couple of quarters in your pockets, you know, and you walk downtown, whether it's summer or the winter time, you know, if you have it, just give it. What are you going to do with it anyway? You're going to buy a pack of chips or, you know, a, like a candy bar or whatnot. You're going to used to wash the laundry, but there's somebody there asking you for some change, and you're just going to say, no, keep walking when you know that you have change in your pocket. You know, I see a lot of people coming out of the metro, you know, with nice jackets and nice coats and nice clothes and everything you know you can hear the change in their buckets and they just ask for a quarter even if you think that they might be a crackhead or a prostitute or a drunkie you know whatever makes their day you know they don't have a house they don't have what you have so, th- so the least you can do is give a little bit of change you know if you can't give them more than that you know sometimes you can give, even give five dollars if you just got paid like today later on this Thursday I know a lot of people Thursday are going to get paid maybe like a five hundred dollar check or whatnot. You know, just give somebody twenty dollars. Who gives a damn? You know, you're gonna make that money up anyway, so that's all I had to say.
6: Sierra,
7: what if you don't have any money on you? Is there anything else you can do? Well if you don't have any money on you, I don't know, you can go walk with the guy to the to your to the bank, uh to the to the ATM or whatnot, you know, and apart from that, if if you have a old shirt or, you know, old pair of whatever, you just do what you can, you know. If you don't have any money what are you gonna do? You can if you if you be, I mean if you if you're willing to make a sacrifice, you could bring the guy to your house and give him a warm meal, you know. But most people won't do that because they don't they don't trust people too much. It's understandable to a certain degree, but you know you just do what you can. That's that's pretty much it.
8: I've got Anita from Philadelphia on the line. She's a homeless woman who's shivering, I guess, in a phone booth right now. Anita, are you there? Yes, I am, yep, sir. What would you like to tell us?
0: I'm a homeless person. I just had a stroke. I have two, three kids, and I'm looking for a home very, very bad. Help the people who really, really need help, they need homes. I'm very
8: homeless, a lot of people are in Philadelphia. Anita, I really wish I had homes to pass out. All I can do is help get your voice out there so that, that people will hear what you're going through, but Walter, I'd like to invite you to jump in and say, if Anita came to you and she says, I have no home, if she was a Swiss citizen, what would you do for her? Well, first of all, I would say it,
9: it does not depend whether she is a Swiss citizen or not. She, simply she has to be uh, living here, then, because all the people are, are, are treated the same way, whether they are foreigners or Swiss people. As long as they are resident, uh, living here in the cities, they, are, they have a right to apply. Well, first of all, I think they would, in a a short run, see that they can give you any housing for a a short period of time and to your children, so they would not leave you in the street. We have about, in Switzerland, I take it for Zurich, 200 uh, apartments where families who are in a desperate situation can move in quickly. And for Switzerland, it means about 2,000 housing of that kind. There, you probably couldn't stay very long, but uh, you would most likely apply to social aid. If you are a single person, the family, they would probably send you to a shelter for a couple of nights and uh, from there they would try to see whether they can give you some kind of room, housing or, or cheap apartment so that you could uh, live there. That would be usually what they would do. Uh, they would not turn you
8: back or to the street with your kids. Yeah. Anita, are you still there? Yes, I am, sir. Did you hear what Walter was describing, what they would do for you if you were in Switzerland? Is anybody offering you anything like that?
0: Yeah, but I'm not assistant, I'm in Philadelphia. I need help here, sir. I'm,
8: I understand <laughs> that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anita, when you go to the government offices and say you need a house, what do they do?
0: They turn you down. It's too full. Everything is full. They turn you down. They say, come back tomorrow. Or, come back the next day. And you would be doing it every day. Every day you've been doing the same thing. And they know you have no place to stay? They know. I, know. I just wanted to add, um, if you went to Kensington Welfare Rights Union, they're a wonderful group in Philadelphia. And they will help you out a lot more than any government service ever will. They're the ones who I'm going to so they can help me. Yeah,
8: yeah. they are a great group. And uh, Sherry Honka, the head of the Kensington Welfare Rights Union, will be on uh, at 8 a.m. our time. So Anita, what what would you want? I can I'm sorry, I cannot give it to you. But before I let you go, tell us what is it you need just this minute. If I was uh, able to help you, if I was a government office, if I was, if I could do something that I wish I could, Anita, what do you need? A home. A home. Where are you going to sleep tonight, Anita? Uh, maybe in a car. Anywhere. Anita, we're all really sorry to hear that you're in that kind of a predicament. Walter, you want to... What what do the politicians or the people uh, in in Philadelphia say if you explain their... uh,
9: your situation? I mean, are they just saying uh, we don't care or... how do they react to your situation?
8: I think, like you say, they just don't care. That's bad. I mean, could this happen in Switzerland, Walter?
9: i think not because if if uh, well maybe in a single case it could happen a a few days but uh, quite uh, shortly after you may have this story in the press or so and some 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 pressure would be mounted uh, to the the public authorities to, to take care especially if families are involved
8: so you mean if this if there was like a worker for the government someone said i have no home and they acted like they didn't care that would make the papers that'd be a scandal yes yes Anita, does it make you wish you were in Switzerland? Yes. Well, Anita, I, I, I've got to move on because there's other callers and things, but uh, my heart goes out to you, and I, I hope you can find some help with the KWRU. All right, thank you. Thank you for calling in, Anita.
5: I think we might have someone on the line now. It's Megan again from St. John, New Brunswick. Oh, St. John, New Brunswick. Um, I've had to make choices in my life and work a lot of jobs that I hate. I mean, right now I'm working a job that I hate, but it's because that's what you have to do sometimes and in order to live I have to work to make money and I'm a capable person I'm capable of working so therefore I take what job is available and I make my money so that I can survive and I just think that it's a bit ridiculous that I mean I I wouldn't if I went on welfare I don't need welfare I mean I'm capable I don't I don't have any need for it so why should some people once again I'm talking about the abuse of the system why should some people who Um, are capable of working beyond welfare when there are other people out there who are living on the street and who could use that welfare money to get themselves started and get themselves capable to work and then we would end this vicious circle we would you know stop it because we'd be starting a circle of okay let's rehabilitate these people let's get them capable and of course there's going to be those people who can't for one reason or another they're disabled they've got disabilities of some sort but you know, it's possible to solve this problem. It's just, it takes some some thinking. It takes some, it's not going to be an instant thing. It's going to be a, a long-term project, but we have to look at getting that project started and getting it started in the right way.
0: Here we have uh, Rob Stacy on the line with us, which is uh, from the Roost for Youth Research Project, a youth housing and homeless organization based in Nelson, B.C. Rob, can you tell us what some of the the mandates are for the Ruth for Use project?
6: Um, well, as it's just a, a research program at this point, we're trying to gather sort of um, a accurate picture of the face of homelessness in a rural population. What are you hoping to accomplish with the program you're working on? Um, well, as it's a research program, we're trying to establish that there is, in fact, a need within the rural populations for um, different housing initiatives. Um, for instance, in the entire West Kootenai area, there's no emergency shelter. So if somebody comes into town, shows up, and they don't have um, money to get room, they have no option. There, there is no place to go. So it's a large, large area for somebody that doesn't have a place to stay. And what? How many? Uh, like, what are the the demographics and the statistics on that in the past year or two? Um, like, how many people are coming out there who, who need that kind of support? Well, we're a unique area because um, we're in between the Okanagan and um, an area down in the more east Coonies crest, in which are both um, farming communities and fruit picking communities. So we have a large um, transient population that comes out here at different parts of the season from um out east in the summertime and then in the winter time too with people coming and in the winter time it's a, l- a little bit more serious it is
3: it's a, a lot more serious situation i was born in a town stupid little town that got too big from me yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what happened down at tent city right it's uh you know, di-rate shoppers, we pay good money, we pay good money for our water park, loft, lifestyle, high-security compound, and staying over at Penn City. They got, they're camping and they got a better view than us. So they bring in the bulldozers, you know, a bit of old Palestine right here in downtown Canada. I said, you can't hang around, cause you're bringing down the value of a property. You better move along. We're your place down. Cause rich people can't take no misery. Phone keeps going. Now there's no place like Hawaii. And there is no place like can. I need a helper. Everything I hate is gone. Home. And them two blue fighting. They take everything you got. Till you ain't got what it takes. ain't got no harm with the band I got. The dream. Now me and these old men will never live again. Twenty years of trying thrown out in the road. Well, they hauled our hearts away. Now we got no place to stay. They broke our hearts. No car home now. There's no place like home, oh, oh. and there's no place like yeah. Everything I had is gone, oh. and I'm blue to will it. Well, they take everything you got. Cheer you wing of what it takes. I ain't got no home if the band I gone, The drinks, if they're gone, I gone, The drinks now, they'll know. Please
0: lay like home. Say to merci.